Hi, I'm Greg Thomas, and welcome to the Interviewed Company podcast, where we discuss the most important issues facing your business with some of the smartest minds in the business. Today, we're talking about the future of healthcare. Healthcare is a continuously changing industry with shifts in regulations and adoption of new technologies. As technology continues to evolve and have greater influence in the healthcare industry, how will the way people receive care shift? How can healthcare providers improve patient experience and care quality while lowering healthcare costs? Today, we're going to talk about it with our guest. Hi, Greg. It's great to be here. I'm Victor Resnicek, a principal with KPMG. I have responsibility for our workday implementation business, and I focus on healthcare. Glad to have you here. Uh, why don't we just start out a little bit with, with your background? How did you come to, to work in the healthcare field? Sure. So I'm a partner with KPMG in our Dallas office, and I have responsibility for our workday implementation business in healthcare. And like most individuals who work in the human resources discipline, I started as a computer programmer. <laughs> Just kidding. A natural uh, path. <laughs> but I did. I started as a software developer writing billing software for a living and found that the problems of people are infinitely more interesting and mm. complex. And so went back to school and started in the... Uh, area of HR consulting because it's a calling, not just a paycheck. It's my area of focus and my passion. I know why I go to work in the morning. Most healthcare organizations put their mission first and foremost, and I like serving those kinds of clients. Yeah, I love that. Um, so that's a perfect uh, way to tee up the conversation. So when you think about healthcare, what are the biggest challenges you see over the next year, three years yeah. facing the industry? The overarching theme is doing more with less doing more in the area of delivering better care, better patient outcomes, higher patient satisfaction, while at the same time finding a way to do it with less, uh, spending less on clinical care and all of the support functions, the back office functions as well. That is a really tough challenge because of the tremendous pressure on the revenue side of the equation as it relates to lower reimbursement rates lower reimbursement from private insurers, lower reimbursement from the federal government. And on the other side, healthcare costs are going up about 2x inflation. That makes for a very big challenge for our, all healthcare providers. Why is healthcare so expensive? Like what's, what's the fundamental driver there, do you think? Because frankly, the quality of care is critical to winning in the marketplace. Recently, I sat next to a pharmaceutical executive on a flight home. And we were chatting about healthcare, and I ribbed him a little bit that he and his industry were one key driver mm -hmm. of escalating healthcare costs. And he said to me, I'm not the problem. You are. You want to live to be 100 years old, and you want to be healthy the whole 100 years. Mm -hmm. He said, uh, when I'm developing new pharmaceuticals, I strike out nine times out of 10. So you can bet that when I connect on that 10th pitch and I create a drug that truly helps you improve your quality of life, it will cost enough at least to cover all of my swings and misses plus that one successful right. connection. So I think it's really important to, to recognize that living a long life and living a healthy life is expensive. Uh, using a slightly different uh, reference point, we have some of the best physicians and scientists on the planet working in our healthcare system. And the compensation of those physicians and scientists 
is such that it, it attracts the very best from around the world. And some of that cost is reflected in our cost of care. Um, so in the United States, roughly 18% of GDP goes to, to healthcare. So when you think about healthcare organizations and how they want to contain costs while still improving patient satisfaction, like what, what does that picture look like? Well, there's certainly not one silver bullet. We see organizations putting emphasis on preventative care, and we see emphasis being put on both the clinical and the back office delivery mechanisms. From the clinical side, you can point to trends such as telemedicine, Montefiore Health in the Bronx. Uh, they've implemented remote monitoring and have seen their patient admissions into their hospital for the elderly drop by more than 30%. And then that's you've pretty seen, amazing. That's a pretty big job. And when you think about that, that cost versus patient satisfaction equation, is there anything else that, that comes to mind? Yeah. Solutions are both in the clinical side and the back office side of healthcare. And when I speak of back office, I'm talking about human resources, IT, finance, supply chain, all those individuals that are supporting the clinicians and delivering care. On the clinical side, some of the most innovative opportunities are in the areas of telemedicine. Kaiser, for example, conducts 65% of their consultations and communication with patients uh, via online and telemedicine. You'd think that that would be something that, uh, that would receive some, some pushback, but in fact, patients love it because they don't have to travel. It's lower cost. And the physicians love it because they get to see more patients every day. In fact, uh, many millennials will say that that's the best way to receive care. The other big driver of cost has to do with what happens behind the curtain, so to speak, in a hospital, from admitting patients to scheduling nurses to um, contracting with suppliers. That cost represents um, 50% on the labor side and 30% of all of the supplies that go into the cost structure of a healthcare organization. So let's talk about the impact of, of technology in healthcare. We've touched on a, a few things, but you know, when you think about the, the role of technology, what, what strikes you? What do you see coming? So on the clinical side, there have been some amazing advances made in the application of artificial intelligence to both diagnosing and treating patients. Phenomenal technology has been used to consume literally every white paper, every piece of research ever done on cancer treatment and incorporated into the diagnosis. A single doctor or even a team of doctors can never achieve that. That's a great application of AI to taking better care of patients. On the back office side, we've done some phenomenal work with organizations that are looking to take costs out of their cost structure without, uh, frankly, while improving patient care. We've done that with an organization where we helped them save $6 million a year with some changes that, frankly, weren't overly complex or sophisticated. We helped them reduce their overtime cost. We helped them reduce their length of stay, uh, basically, the scheduling of nurses and physicians wasn't aligned with the discharge timing, and so people were spending an extra weekend in the hospital without being reimbursed. Mm. Another great example is uh, in the area of revenue cycle management, where a host of highly administrative processes, like 
non-patient billing, bank account reconciliation can be done by bots, robotic process automation behind the scenes. With this organization, we eliminated 40,000 hours of manual data entry work. Wow. That's a lot of work that doesn't need to be done. Basically taking data from one system and putting it into another done by more than 20 individuals whose time can now be spent on much more value adding activity. Onboarding is another great example. If you think about the typical onboarding experience of a new hire, for most organizations, it's clunky. You're bouncing between IT for your laptop, facilities for your badge, finance for your credit card, HR for a variety of onboarding activities, maybe for benefits enrollment. You're touching five or more organizations and those organizations aren't necessarily connected in any way. So the experience for the typical new hire feels like you're going from one separate company to another. And you might start your job and not have your laptop, so you're not productive on day one. Uh, you might need to travel and you don't have your credit card, then you're scrambling. In fact, one of my clients recently took a job with a new health corps organization, and his wife asked him, are you sure you made the right choice in joining this organization? He said, why do you ask? And she said, this onboarding experience was awful. It was definitely not what you would want for your patients. And that gives you a, a, a better understanding of just how important it is to get that first impression right for yeah. a new hire. Yeah. And, and those are the people who are, who are, who are touching care, right? Those, you know, those, those employees that are having that maybe not ideal onboarding experience, you want them to have a great experience so that they can go out and, and do what they were hired to do. We tell them we would like you to practice at the top of your profession. But if 30% of my job is mired down in administrative work, it's hard mm. to practice at the top of my profession because I'm busy with paperwork and other busy work that's not improving the quality of care I deliver at the bedside. Let's talk a little bit about the supply chain side of the business. You shared with me that about 30% of the cost of a healthcare organization, plus or minus, goes to managing the supplies. Uh, where do you see changes happening or room for improvement there? The opportunities aren't as earth-shaking as maybe delivering pharmaceuticals via a drone, like Amazon is talking about. But they're nevertheless as impactful in terms of driving down cost to serve. Labor represents about half of all the cost in delivering care. Supplies are another 30%. The solution in the area of supply chain is simple. It's basically helping organizations better source, purchase, and monitor. If you think about it from a perspective of uh, the typical nurse, when you need gauze or you need medical equipment, you go to whoever will provide that the fastest, your tried and true source. But what if that source isn't on contract? Mm -hmm. Almost certainly you're paying more than you would if you bought all of your gauze from a contracted vendor, all of your equipment, all of your medical supplies from a contracted vendor. By helping organizations know where to go and making only those contracted vendors available to them from a purchase perspective, you're able to both consistently secure the best supplies and reduce your cost to spend because you have negotiated rates with those contracted vendors. Obviously, getting the right supplies to the right place in the hospital at the right time isn't just a matter of patient satisfaction, it's a matter of patient life and death. 
So it's absolutely essential. And that's where the workflow within supply chain affects not only the bottom line, but the patient outcomes. So, so shifting gears a bit, what's the impact of, of M&A and, and how do you think that's going to influence the future of, of healthcare? Yeah. Well, I'd say that M&A is one of the key tools in the tool belt to managing this uh, complex challenge of reducing costs while improving quality of care and patient satisfaction. You see a great deal of these deals happening for the purpose of economies of scale, uh, where the organizations don't need the same back office footprint, for example, to support a much larger revenue base, a much larger number of clinicians. So a lot of the big deals have happened, but the pressure on healthcare organizations will not abate and they will continue to use M&A as one tool to help them do more with less. Um, what advice do you have for, for people in the healthcare industry? I would give the same advice to people in the healthcare industry as I would to anyone who is in an environment of rapid change. And that is commit yourself to being a lifelong learner. And on the flip side of that coin, reserve the right to get smarter every day. Because <laughs> that's the one constant in this space is there will be change. And I find the most successful people are able to reinvent themselves regularly. I would say that's the challenge to all of us in this space is healthcare will look a lot different in the future than it does today, in part because of RPA and artificial intelligence. And our challenge is to reinvent our careers to take advantage of technology. That's all the time we have for today. I want to thank my guest, Victor Reznicek from KPMG, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Workday podcast. If you'd like to watch the video version of In Good Company, please visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com/workday.